Hello guys, good evening and welcome to the Kelly Willie Dialogues podcast, the official podcast for Seek International. Um, hope you're having a great day. It's an evening actually and so before you click play, oh sorry, I mean you're already playing this. <laughs> so before you zoom in, just get your Kelly Willie. Um, in our previous episode, our guest actually shared a secret with us and um, the secret was that it would always be good to have some kebab pepper. <laughs> you know splattered all over your kelly willy and it, it makes it taste heavenly so if you have some kebab pepper over there just go i mean go to your kitchen or go get some and your hot kelly willy with some groundnut and just sit and relax today we have a special guest with us petra abasama petra how are you doing i'm very well thank you yes so um it's good to have you here and uh we've known you when i say we've known you the seeking international community has known you for quite a while and today you're here to discuss something interesting which is becoming and so um tell us a bit about yourself we know you're an author but just we know who you are i mean <laughs> we know you're an author but just tell us a bit about yourself and maybe something that we don't already know thanks kenny um first of all as we were talking about the kili willy and the the kibab pepe <laughs> i was just thinking about my love for plantain in all shapes forms, styles, cuttings, everything. Um, so yeah, Kelly really, but I was also thinking about the, the calories and the, the granite and everything that you're asking us to go eat. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, that conversation makes me hungry already. Yeah. Um, so I'm an author, but professionally I'm a marketing practitioner. Um, I've worked in marketing for most of my, my almost over 15 years career. But um, at the heart of what I am, I just want to be a writer. So when I think about who, who, I'm, who I am, I'm essentially a writer. Um, my hmm. speaking is an offshoot of my writing. So I, I actually tend to write everything that I say. Um, but today we're going to have a conversation. So right. <laughs> so that brings to mind um, when you said, well, you mentioned the word author and you mentioned writer. It just brings to mind... Um, one of our featured authors, her name is Kubi Springer, and she actually shared the fact that growing up, she'd, she'd always liked to perform. Mm. Um, I think she was into ballet dancing, but I think she got hurt, so she her, her performance career ended. But she's a great public speaker, and she sees herself more as a performer than as a speaker, because mm. for her, once she's performing, once she's before an audience, it's an opportunity to perform. Yes. So would you say that your writing is actually the performance aspect of you? I mean, you you just like to write. So yes. so even if you were not an author, you would still be writing a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, it took me a while to discover that that was my, my thing. Um, I think in the last seven years have been when I've actually embraced the fact that writing is what I'm good at. Mm. Um, but yes writing is the is the core is the core talent and then the other things just come up as um offshoots of it right and it's in the even before i thought about writing a book i was consistently writing <laughs> so i look now at my facebook memories and i i say okay wow those are things you said seven eight nine i was consistently writing like mm. writing is an expression of everything for me when i'm happy when i'm not too happy when i'm contemplating i express myself through writing right interesting so it's interesting that you mentioned facebook mm. um i actually was going to ask you about journaling because um 
in September, we did a 30-day Future Self program, and we were encouraged to pull out our journals and write down who we think our future selves mm -hmm. would be. And so the question I would ask is, I mean, since you're talking about writing on Facebook, do you journal a lot? Do you, is journaling something you do? And what forms of journaling do you do? Because um, our previous guest actually said he takes a lot of photos. So mm -hmm. he likes to do like before and after photos a lot. And that's how he journals. You know, so and I know him personally, he likes to take photos a lot. So that is his way of journaling. How do you journal? Any do you journal at all? And if you do, how do you do I that? do. I do I don't write in a diary <laughs> or a book. I write on my phone. Okay. Um so my, my notes notes book on my phone is my constant companion. I if I if I see something that inspires me, if something happens that triggers a thought, if I read the Bible and there's a thought that comes out of a scripture, I write it down. So I'm that's how I keep my reflections. That's how I keep my reflections. Mm -hmm. So yes, um I take pictures as well and I tend to look at pictures as um inspiration to write. So I would really post pictures with nothing there's always a story to a picture mm. there's always a reason why that picture has to be posted or that picture um, it's sort of the pictures complement the story more than the pictures being the thing <laughs> mm. so mm. i yes i think that journaling is important um it, it captures your your thoughts and it helps you go back and reflect mm. and there's this thing i've been thinking about recently about how to acts in the direction of inspired thoughts i think sometimes we discount those drops of inspiration that comes into our minds and our spirits and we we don't realize that that's actually the the direction to greatness mm. so things occur to us and we say oh something just occurred to me <laughs> mm. something didn't just occur to you some a lot of those thoughts are inspired thoughts are supposed to take you to a particular um, destination. destination but if you don't write them down if you don't um, value them five years later you say oh that was something i thought about somebody else is doing it mm. or that was something i thought about and i didn't do anything about it and now it's too late so i've i've really come to the point where i recognize that our inspired thoughts are god's way of aligning us into the direction he wants to take us to and it's important that we note them down. So I, I have a lovely memory, a very photographic mm. memory, okay. but I don't rely on just my memory. <laughs> I, I try to write, I try to journal. So that, that for me is critical. Well, we are told not to trust. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, there's this saying that the shortest pencil is, is better than the longest memory. memory. You know, so um, speaking about journaling again, you know, there are some, some people who actually document their prayers because mm. um, there's a school of thought that, or there's a method that that's um posits that if you write down your prayers because sometimes we have our prayers answered and we, we've even forgotten True. we prayed yeah. about them and so i think that what you're saying really mm -hmm. reinforces you know the the the, mm -hmm. the writing mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. even writing down dreams and yes, all of yes, that yes yes and kenny um mm. a few days ago i was looking at an old bible that i had possibly in 2001 2002 and I had written so many prophecies, so many hmm. dreams, so many things that people had said with the dates. And I was just smiling at how so much of that has come into reality. Hmm. But I needed to go through that process of looking back and saying, thank you, Lord. <laughs> wow. Because we take it for granted. True. We take it for granted that we are where we are 
by chance. Own, yes. Yeah. And that's I think I think that I'm hoping that Seek International would do a religious book sometime mm. where we talk about prayer in general because I think that you have a lot of content, you know, mm. in that space mm. as well. Mm. So we can delve deeper. Mm. Um finally on journaling, um so you, you said you don't write in a diary because mm. people actually feel that I think one thing that stifles writing is people feel that oh someone can pick up my <laughs> book and see yeah, and for someone like me I like writing in diaries a lot but I misplace them a lot also mm. you know so you're like okay so everyone is going to see my ideas and my thoughts and my <laughs> I, we don't write down our secrets anyways <laughs> but then um if you do this on the phone what app do you use for that or what notes taken up um it's my regular iphone notes oh, um, oh, app. Um, very convenient very convenient <laughs> which is linked to my mac okay so i have everything right. synced um and yes i've never written in a diary i think growing <laughs> up as a young woman the diary thing always created an impression of you're trying to hide secrets right. and i grew up with a very very strict father <laughs> mm. so I didn't want the option of him finding anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it just never was a thing for me. Right. Um, there have been times where I've had, I've, I, I write a lot, like physical writing as well, mm. but I only write that for, for work, for training, okay. for meetings, things like that. But when I'm reflecting, I, I tend to write on my, on my phone. Um, but I do, th I do feel that in whichever form you choose to write, write. It's 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 there's there's a there's a power that um, engulfs you when you translate a thoughts, thoughts into actual words. Hmm. Wow, that's that's there's a power that engulfs you. That's interesting. Which means if it remains in your head, uh, it may end up losing that power or intensity. Yes, yes, over yes, time. yes. It actually, I feel like sometimes it evaporates. <laughs> so Literally. putting it in writing gives it body gives wow. it personality gives it wow. life yes wow. write down the vision <laughs> okay yeah. so um we i mean in becoming in learning to become our future selves we learned that anyone who isn't embarrassed by who they were some time ago maybe last year last <laughs> week yesterday or a couple of years back isn't probably learning enough so are you embarrassed by who you were in the past do you think that when you look back are you like okay? I, who is this other person? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be this person. No, uh, I think <laughs> embarrassed is a strong word. Okay, um, I I appreciate that young woman a lot because she's been through a lot. Mm. <laughs> she went through a lot to get to where um, her future self is now. Um, and it's interesting you ask that because I think sometime in September or August I put a post up on Facebook my 2021 self speaking to my 2006 self oh. and i was i was um the the future was speaking to the petra of the past <laughs> and saying don't worry you'll wow. be fine and the petra of the past was how will i be fine when um i don't know what i'm going to do i i have no clue what path i'm going to be on and this future petra was telling the past petra just relax everything is going to work out well wow. <laughs> and so when I think about that, I feel that in in all honesty, you look back and you wonder how did she survive? Hmm. Um, how did she walk that path? Because honestly, Kenny, for some of the things I've done in the past, I was totally clueless. Hmm. It was just um, being committed to a consistent walk that has helped and just trusting that even though I don't see the, the big picture or all of the picture, 
the little steps that I take would um, lead me to my desired destination. Mm. So that has always been the thing. But when I wrote Sales 101, for instance, mm. <laughs> when I was um, working on the second print, I looked at the first copy and I was like, that's not even enough to be a, like a whole book. Mm. But my readers are excited. So I added a lot more to the second edition. Mm. But you always look back and you always feel like there's more you could have done. Wow. But I'm I'm grateful for that young that younger Petra. Yeah, so there's a second edition of Sales One O One. There um, is no it's a reprint actually. Okay. So I just um used the opportunity to edit errors and add a bit yeah. of flesh and everything. Okay. So guys, um you should definitely check out Petra's book, Sales One O One. We'll talk more about it. And we'll also talk about her second book as well. So, um, yeah, so you're not embarrassed, I mean, but you're appreciative. And yes. y you're speaking as though you took this this program with us because in the program, the, the, the creator of the program actually recommends, you know, talking to your, I mean, past self, mm. you know, just like how you described it, very, very visual. So I'm very introverted. And every time I see that, yeah, I get that. Really? Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm very surprised. I am, Kenny. So, uh, if you wanted to talk about the regular, phlegmatic, choleric, melancholy, sanguine, I am phlegmatic, choleric. Hmm. Um, phlegmatic, and to a large extent, the part of my, f my personality that is phlegmatic is the chilled part. So, I can mm. be really chilled. Mm. Um, I, I, I try not to worry too much. I've come to the point where I recognize that things work out as long as you put in the right efforts, you're committed to it. Your choleric side it. is always fighting, eh? Yes. Fighting the phlegmatic. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but my choleric side is consistently fighting my phlegmatic side. So then I become somebody who wants to, when I, I don't have control over all the factors, I can get quite flustered. So I'm, I'm constantly having to balance it. But my, my phlegmatic um, introversion also sees that I draw a lot of strength from within. So mm. Kenny, I can be alone with no qualms. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely mm. no qualms. Mm. Um, the, the, the COVID lockdown was not too difficult for, for me you. because one, I had all of the, the immediate people that I love in my space. But two, it gave me time to do the things that I love to do, which is one of the things is writing. So mm. I did. I finished Jungle Dance during mm. lockdown. Wow. Um, so that's that's my personality. Um, but I've also come to realize that by virtue of work, socialization, environment, your reg, your your natural personality might have to be adjusted. So the reason why every time I say I'm introverted, people are surprised is because I have this very public, um, outdoorsy, social personality that everybody sees. But I know myself. <laughs> and so I realize that I draw energy from within. So there are times where I actually have to retreat. And so that leads me to saying no to a lot of public engagement. Mm. So I, I know that there's a time where I have to just rest and step back. Otherwise, I'll have a a tough time right but do you think that has anyone or have you had times where people have tried to take advantage of you because they feel that the flag part of you was very nice to them so it's like i mean no. and then you surprise them with your choleric no. side <laughs> i think my choleric side <laughs> comes up quite strongly in my 
public interactions okay. you have to be close to me to realize that i'm very introverted hmm. you would have to be close to me to realize that um i my 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 best um way of spending time will be with a book in a quiet place with just a few people i won't want a large party to celebrate anything hmm. um so you have to be close to know that and interest um i think by god's um leadings i've always had leadership within my my immediate environment so i've mm. always been a leader of some sort and so the choleric nature comes up <laughs> you mm. you can't be a leader and be expecting people to tell you what to do so right. naturally i've i've had the opportunity to lead from a very very young age so no um i'm really 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 taking advantage of <laughs> right that that's that's good to know so it's good to know that personality tests actually play a role um, yeah um it's you know self-awareness is critical for your development you have to mm. know yourself mm. you you can't progress um into success at anything if you're not sure about who you are mm. that includes knowing your weaknesses so for instance i know that if i'm consistently engaging um large crowds and a lot of people things that make me um ex extend or express energy i have mm -hmm. to take a moment to retreat re refresh <laughs> relax so that i can be okay otherwise i can actually get physically sick wow yes and i call it an introvert hangover <laughs> like we really can get sick by just being around too many people wow. being overstimulated by 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 too much okay so there's a place for that you have to know that otherwise you you disease is really just you being out of sync it's it's one of one of the reasons is you being out of sync so if you're consistently out of personality mm -hmm. you're out of your natural um wellness you begin to get into places where you're so you, for instance you're constantly having a headache is your body telling you Petra, you're, you're possibly doing too much mm -hmm. um you should mm -hmm. you should rest you should say no more mm -hmm. and just go back into your yourself wow okay because um the uh, i mean with the 30 day futures of program there the creator who is dr benjamin hardy actually um he had an issue with personality tests because he felt that people ended up being defined mm. by these tests mm. and got stuck mm. so i think that from what you've just said about self-awareness it's important to first of all know our personalities and then work towards improving absolutely yeah, because i mean when i when i was going to get married my personality test really showed that my wife and i were total opposites mm. And then I got to understand, actually, I got to understand that for people like myself, sometimes when we are being criticized constructively, we take offense mm -hmm. because we feel like, I mean, people are attacking us personally. So then it really, so I actually set a reminder and almost every day I'm reminded that, look, when someone is talking to you, criticizing you, don't see it as judgment. So I've always had that in mind, you know, because I think I'm very phlegmatic, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, sometimes I try to... to but a lot of sanguine as well. Well, I think so too, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> and so the choleric side is very little, so I try to sometimes just be choleric. So I think our listeners would appreciate the fact that it's important to have your personality checked yeah and, and um be aware. i think kenny one of the things about being your authentic self is knowing who you are first of all but who you should be in different circumstances mm. so if you're giving a leadership role and you're saying that you've checked your personality and you are phlegmatic mm. 
Mm. You can't be an effective leader if you're going to allow people to tell you what to do all the time. Right. And that's not saying that you shouldn't be democratic, but sometimes leadership requires that you take decisive action. Mm. So being authentic then will not say that, oh, I've done a personality test, I'm a phlegmatic, it means that so I must always let people do <laughs> what they like. The let's go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> no. So there, there, there are principles um, for leadership. There are principles right. that you need to be able to um, express. Mm -hmm. And those things will require that you behave in a particular mm -hmm. way. And so I, I, I don't agree when people say things like, that's how I am. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's how you True. are, but what do you need to do to ensure that you're being your best self mm. or taking the best advantage of the circumstance? Wow. That really explains Dr. Hardy's points. Mm. That really explains it. So for those who have taken the 30-day Future Self program, if you still want to take it, we have the links available. So just check out, um, message us on Seek International on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and um, we'll definitely respond. So, um, Petra, when you discovered that you're a writer i mean when you discovered this how did your daily routine change how did it affect your daily routine because of course if the assumption is that if you haven't yet discovered your future self or your who you're actually supposed to be or your purpose um you prioritize different things the way you live your life on a daily basis doesn't really count but once you discover it a lot changes so mm. what what changed about your daily routine so can you have <laughs> This might sound cliche, but I've always been a very serious person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a picture of me when I was about four, three, four, with my siblings, my mom, and an, an uncle of mine that my mom recently sent to me. And I looked at the picture, and I had my hand in my jeans pocket, and my face was so serious. <laughs> and I asked my mom, was I ever like did i ever smile as a child she said very rarely <laughs> like you were very serious oh so my. i've i've always been a serious um, person which meant which means that i've not really had um a phase of not not being serious mm. so from very very young i've always thought that if i wanted to make anything out of my life i had to do things a particular way mm. um it just means that as I grow older, I'm more intense, but I've never been unserious mm. <laughs> or mm. not intense. Um, okay. And it's, it's, I mean, if you, if you spoke to my husband now about how I was when he met me at the age of um, 18, 19, he would tell you that when, so I was, I went into level 100 and anytime we had to hang out with friends, maybe go to the pool or the beach, I will show up with a handout. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very annoying to them. <laughs> but for me, I had a s one purpose on my mind when I was going to university that I wanted to finish school with a first class. Mm. And nobody or nothing was going to stop me. Mm. Nothing. Wow. And even though I knew that I had to have extracurricular activities, I had to engage my, my friends and my community. So I was very busy. I was in um, campus fellowship. I was in the communication arts department. Mm. I was doing choreography. All of that. I always kept my focus so it's been very important for me in secondary school i woke up every single day to study wow. at dawn you know even when there was nothing at stake so that that for me has been it i think if you ask me maybe in the last decade as i've embraced writing more mm -hmm. i would say that it's just making it a habit okay so i've i, I also realized that i cannot say that i'm good at something if it hasn't moved from s talent to skill Okay, so I, I now invest more time in being a good writer. I follow 
um, other writers. I, um, I, I try to sort of find, figure out what's the best way to present ideas. Mm. Because you might think you're writing something, it's in your mind. When it comes out on paper or wherever you're publishing it, it doesn't sound or present the same um, mm. idea as original what you thoughts. were exactly the original thought. So mm. the skill of writing has become my major preoccupation now, making sure that I'm um, communicating my ideas the way I want to communicate them. Mm. And that, for me, has been like the main thing, making it a habit in the midst of all the other things that I do. Mm. <laughs> because there's family, there's young children. Yeah. So at a point, there was me waking up at a particular time every day mm. to write. And I was committing to 500 words a day. Wow. Yeah, which I'm falling totally off the train. No, it's not. It's not at all. So now what I've done is I've extended that habit to a weekly habit that I've committed to a particular number of words every week. Mm. So I try to put in the time. Wow. I was going to ask, in fact, I was going to ask a question. I think you've answered it. I was going to ask that um, in becoming a writer, you know, there's something we call the keystone goal, mm. which is... Um, something that you need to commit to mm. to become you know who you want to mm. be so um normally it helps you to get into a state of flow yeah. and extreme motivation so would we assume that your keystone goal was to just keep writing exactly exactly um i i feel that there's the gladwell rule of 10,000 hours mm -hmm. of practice making you good at something i subscribe to that but i even think you need a more because I've come to realize that anybody who says that they are world-class in a particular skill hmm. or they are exceptional at something is because they've committed the time and the efforts into it. It's never just a fluke. Hmm. So I'm very, very grateful that I'm naturally talented in that area, but I know that I need to invest efforts hmm. into making it to the point where People want to pay for it, first, yeah. of, first of all. They enjoy it, and I can extend it beyond my immediate environment. So it's not, it's not talent that brought you this far? No, you not just talent. talent. No, talent wow. is never enough. <laughs> I think it was John Maxwell who said talent is, yeah, or is it Brian Tracy, one of them? Yeah, talent is not enough. I think, I think I'm sure they, they both would ascribe yeah. to that. <laughs> wow. So what would you say was your point of no return? Because you do a lot of other things, mm. but with writing, I'm sure you may have wanted to give up at a point but at which point did you say no because um when you listen to people or you read books like um the 50th law by 50 cents so 50 cents actually um in his music career after he got shot and all of that and he told himself that it's either mu it's either music or i die you know because at a point he realized that look he was peddling drugs and all but he mm -hmm. couldn't continue doing that because he had become a father so he was like, no, this, I mean, it's music or I die. And that was when he was actually, um, I read that he actually like used to produce like 40,000 mixtapes. Like he, he, he used to record a whole lot, mixtapes and, you know, albums, sing, like just recording because for him it was music or I die. What was, or yes, I'll say, what was your point of no return where he said it's either writing or I die? <laughs> um. <laughs> I think this would be six years ago where we, in church, my church, we went into an exercise of our 20-year life development plan. And I had to, the first thing on that form was, what's your current age? 
and mm. what will your age be in 20 years? Mm. And then looking back and saying, what do I need to do to be who I want to be in 20 years? And I wrote down what I'm good at. And one of the things that came top of mind to me was writing. Mm. But then at the same time, I was also at a point in my career where I was asking myself, what next? So I was able to do my job well. Um, at a point, I could do it without even thinking too much about it. So I was getting very comfortable. Mm. But in my spirit, I was getting uncomfortable. I was getting, I was having a feeling of unease. This is too easy. Mm. So there has to be something wrong, <laughs> mm. which is weird. I mean, when I, I spoke to a few of my mentors around that time, and I kept saying, I feel like I'm too comfortable. I've settled too quickly. And one of them said to me, that's the right mindset. So that, for me, was one of the key turning points of just looking at myself in 20 years and saying, will I be happy with what I'm doing now in 20 years' time? Would my 20, my 52-year self be comfortable with what my 32-year-old self is doing now? And so that was one of the things. The second very important thing for me was <laughs> for the first time in my, at the time, I think I had worked for about 10 years, mm. I went into an environment where for one of the months, we had just come out of Christmas, and January um, seems to be like the month where you want your salary to come very quickly. Mm. And then my salary didn't come for 15 days into oh. the, the second month. So January salary came in February. The longest month on The earth. longest month on earth. <laughs> <laughs> and it had never happened to me. I'd never experienced it. It made me realize how dependent I had been on something I have no full control over. And again, my choleric self said to me, girl, this can't happen. <laughs> so I, I sat down in that period and I asked myself, I went back to this plan and I said, what can I do? Mm. And one of the things that I made a decision, one of the decisions I made at that point was I was never going to allow myself to be dependent on things I cannot fully control in relation to earnings. Mm. And I, I, I just came to the realization, I was asking my, 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 myself, what can I do, what can I do, what can I do? And this was so clear in my mind, what do you have? And what I had was my talent. What I had was my, my experience, my, my education, my background, and how do I make that into something that can actually contribute to my survival the solution was in writing. So those two things were very critical for me. And it's become an, a, a, a vision that has engulfed my full being mm. and engulfed the people in my immediate surroundings. Everybody, like my children know, my, my, yeah. my spouse knows it. They know that this is so important to me. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a very strong one. And I think it's all about self-awareness, yes. you know. Because in, in a few meetings with um, Dr. Otterbill, he's mentioned it, that <coughs> one of the most powerful things, you know, that anyone can ever have is to be self-aware, you know, because there are people who um, actually don't know that they don't know, you know, and I think that's even the most dangerous one where you're not, you're not even aware that you're not self-aware, you don't know your weaknesses. So I see that you do a lot of reflection. Yes. And I think it's something that we all should learn from. So, guys, um, if you're listening to this, this is the Kelly Willie Dialogues and um, Seek International. Follow us on social media. You can also follow Petra. Um, I'm sure on social media you're Petra Abbasama, right? Yes. On Instagram, on Facebook. Yes. So on Instagram, I'm 
P Abba Asamoa, so Paba Asamoa. Okay. On Twitter, I'm Abba Asamoa. On Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm Petra Abba Asamoa. Right. So, guys, just um, do well to share this episode with your friends, with anyone who you think needs to discover purpose and also anyone who needs guidance in becoming who they are. So, Petra, one thing we learned from our September program was that it's good to be explicit about our future selves. Mm. It's good to be explicit. So, um, doing this would cause a lot of things to happen. It will force us to you know, actually remove the behaviors and people and situations that contradict our story or our narrative. Would you say that you're explicit about who you want to become? That do you, I mean, and how has it helped you if you do that? Writing it down. <laughs> writing it down has helped me tremendously. Um, and so you write, and in writing, mm-hmm. like, so for instance, you don't mind writing on Facebook something that you intend to do. No. You don't mind at all? No, I mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> I totally mind. Okay. Um, I, I've come to believe that ideas are such that you shouldn't expose them to expose them too much mm. until you are, you've developed them to a particular stage. Um, mm. So I don't share future plans in public okay. as much. Um, I would tell you I'm writing a book when I know that I am 70% done. <laughs> also because I feel that I already have a lot of internal pressure for myself <laughs> that I don't want to you introduce. <laughs> yes, I don't want to introduce any external pressure. Um, I have internal external pressure from people within my immediate environment. Okay. I mean, you're one of the people who could easily <laughs> pressure me and say, Petra, where are you on that book? <laughs> so if I'm posting it on Facebook, that oh, I'm in chapter one or chapter two, mm. I don't want Kenny to ask me, have you written anything <laughs> in the last week? <laughs> so no. Um, but I feel that um, in this process of writing things down, every year I review that 20-year plan. Mm. And it's so interesting because when I wrote it six years ago, some of the things I wrote I want to do in 20 years, I've been able to do in five years or two years mm. or three years. So I realized that I didn't stretch myself a, a lot. Mm. But so now every year I review the plan. Every year I, I look at it and I add things to it. I take things out of it. I've, I've come to the point where I've also been able to decide that some of the things I wanted to do as a child are not things I should do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- they were childhood dreams and they are nice, but yeah. I'm not going to do them. And so I should stop thinking about them. And I, 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 I also believe that I'm a bit of a, a multi-talented um, person. Right. I can do quite a number of things. So I've come to the point where I've had to tell myself that, yes, you can do so many things, but this is right. what you have to do now, and this is where you have to invest your energy now. Mm. So that has wow. helped. Wow. So, <laughs> so are you saying that, I mean, you don't tell anyone at all? Oh, you I don't do. I okay. do, but not too many people. Okay. I I'm, I don't have too many friends. Right. Um. I have a few mentors, mm. but I've never been the person who knows how to ask for permission. <laughs> and um, <laughs> someone when I I said that someone the person says so does that make you a rebel? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm not a conformist. Mm. I I tend to decide on things. I I know that. There's some of the ideas I don't need any validation for. Wow, and wow, this, I'm glad you're saying this because I almost forgot to, to ask that. Because in our previous episode, um, our guest actually said that he he doesn't necessarily have mentors, mm. or he has mentors, but these are not people that he 
I don't know how to put it. It's like he has to live his life absolutely absolutely by their yes. patterns yes and yes all. yes you know I'm, and I'm, I'm the this, same this very great south african entrepreneur i'm sure you know him mm. he also really emphasizes that look um this whole concept of having a mentor shouldn't drive she you didn't into, limit you yes yes because you may actually be more than them you know so they are just sort of like guidelines yes you know yes. So I think, and the good yeah. mentors will actually mm-hmm. give you space true um true. one of the ways i've i've um used to prevent myself from setting relationships mm. is the the format in which the relationship is is presented so if i am engaged with someone i believe can be a mentor or is a mentor and i realize that the person presents ideas in a way that it's almost as if do this my way mm. or no other way, way. I, I remove myself from such a relationship mm. because, like wow. I said, I don't know how to ask for permission. Yeah. And I realized that if you're going to succeed at anything in this world, you can't wait for validation from everybody. You Sometimes you even have to do it without anybody agreeing with you because some of the paths are new, mm. okay? Some of them have yeah. never been... Um, nobody has gone on those paths before. So some of the paths are totally new. And um, I, I don't even think that if you're on a path that has already been charted, most of the time you're on the r- somebody else's path. Mm. So that's why I, I don't believe that um, your mentor is supposed to be the one telling you everything to do. They, mm. should, they should help you think. Yeah. They should help you brainstorm. They should help you. But you have to make the decisions for yourself. Mm. So in mentoring other people, I also realize that sometimes I have young people say, Petra, what do you think I should do? Should do yeah. But I tend to ask them questions. <laughs> so I ask you very, very difficult questions right. that will make you think. And then you make a decision. Because ultimately, your decisions, you're going to live by your decisions. Mm. Okay. Mm. So I, I've always been like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's something you said that I think should always guide us personally anyone i've seen as a very great mentor has never two things they never give you answers like okay do this do that Mm. they ask questions Mm. and also they make you understand that look you can do better than me absolutely you know they make you feel so powerful like sometimes you even feel like you're powerful than them even though they are the powerful ones so i think that this comes as a word of caution to both mentors and mentees um i think that the best way for the chick to come out is for the shell to crack on it or not for you to crack the shell. So uh, that's a very good one on mentorship. And um, we're almost wrapping up to be done. I think this has been a very interesting episode. Mm. We just have, I think, one or two questions to go and then we should be done. So there's something that we call peak experiences. And uh, by definition... Peak experiences are rare, exciting, oceanic, deeply moving, exhilarating, elevating experiences that generate an advanced form of perceiving reality and are even mystic and magical in their effects upon the experimenter. So this is Abraham Maslow's definition. Um, The question is, what are some of your peak moments in your life where you had to make a bold decision or do something out of the ordinary or a point where... Um, you know, you had to use your talent your, or your capabilities at their highest potential. It's like, at that point, no one is influencing you, mm. you know. It's like, there is no fear, nothing like self-criticism. You just have, to, it's like you're just there, like, <laughs> you're literally flying. It's like a peak experience, something that you've never forgotten, you know. Releasing my first book. Okay. 
It was very difficult, very difficult, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because um, there was a very high level of a high level of self criticism. I was wondering, mm. is this is that the imposter syndrome? Yes. <laughs> um, so is this this thing body of work good enough? Mm. Um, I am publishing in an in a space where nobody else has written at that time nobody else had written a sales book um in the form i had done it mm. so not a textbook but a reader that everybody else could read in ghana and so would this book achieve the goal and mm. i went through the thought process so many times i had edited the book done everything and i just said i'm going to let it go mm. now being able to break that um sense of self-doubt was a defining moment for me because i had to go through that to be able to go through the second phase now you know that jungle dance is a fictional book right. it's not like sales 101 so <laughs> two two different journals of writing and again i went through that same process of will it be good will i be able to do it but i remember something dr Bill said to me he said you need to express your ideas to validate them wow and so in whichever form they are, express them. Don't keep them based on fear. And you know what we've been talking about recently? That's, I think there's a scripture in the Bible that equates cowardice to some very serious other sins. Mm, mm -hmm. And so that just has always reminded me of how important it is to act. So even right. though um, you might not fully know what you're doing, do it. Hmm. So naturally, I'm inclined to being a perfectionist. I want everything to be aligned, all my ducks to be in the row. But now I've learned that you need to act. Action actually precedes perfection. Mm, so if you're true. just thinking, 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 <laughs> your thinking will create an inertia for you <laughs> that won't lead to anything. So wow. do the things. And that for me, that, that's the, the, the thing. So but if you talked about <laughs> an experience... Um, one of I, I would take my childhood as a body of mm. experiences. My childhood was a mix of a lot of things. Um, it was tough at some points. Mm. It was nice at some points. It's just I, I, sometimes I think of my childhood as like God has to just bless me. <laughs> it's like being an Arsenal supporter and going to heaven. You've already <laughs> gone through all of the wahala of your your team losing, losing, losing. I said God has to just bless me because my childhood created so much of an experience that and and it also created a springboard mm. so i just feel that that's and it's out of that that has created the determination the the sense of i have to be serious there's no time for playing and, and jumping around there's yeah. a lot at stake yeah. okay wow. yeah i get the sense that sometimes you deliberately create these peak experiences for yourselves like you you have to because some of them come by circumstance. Yes, and yes, some, yes, yes. Some yes. you create for yes, yourself. It's yes, like and I mean, being a writer, you also have to sort of find something. There's, I, I saw somewhere that said, if you don't cry, um, by a scene in your book, and you intended it to be a sorrowful scene, nobody's going to cry. Wow. And that's why writing can be very tasking emotionally because you have to go back into your soul and bring out those experiences and write them as raw as you can. Mm. Anytime you try and embellish it, it takes away some of the, mm. the, the power. Mm. Okay, So yes, you can create those peak experiences for yourself. Wow. You can go back and think about a, a trip you had on the beach mm. and somebody you saw and something that happened and that becomes 
um an opportunity for you to create something mm. okay some very very mundane activities yeah. can become very um, yeah. useful wow hmm. that's that's really really moving because um i remember there was a time i saw a child begging for i think money or food or something i just i was just moved to tears because i asked myself one question so what if this was my younger brother you know and i have never forgotten that scene all there was years back so i think that there's something you said at the beginning of this interview that there are subtle ways God communicates to us. Sometimes mm. it comes through tears, it comes mm. through mm. emotions mm. and so, some of these experiences, mm. you know. And so after this peak experience, it's like you finish and you finish writing the book and you're like, did I really write that? Yes. Are people really reading yes. it? Because when you're in, in the moment, it's like you're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like looking at, um, so look at Sales 101. It's mm. a thin book. Yeah. And then when I finish writing Jungle Dance, and I'm like, okay, I have about 200-something pages. <laughs> I said to Samuel, uh, my husband, I said to him, he said, so how many pages do you have? 200-something <laughs> pages. He said, but that's double the size of your first book. I was surprised. Because I had set a target to do at least 50,000 words. And it, wasn't, it was nothing in comparison to the first book. I didn't look but at Petra, the first book at all. Surprisingly, Jungle Book seems like... It seems like a very short read. Yeah. And that's th that's another conversation. But I think we should take a minute or two to talk about Jungle Dance. So this is a book I've read. And I was I was actually... With Sales 101, I was caught in because I think of your writing style. Mm. You know. And with Jungle Dance, although that's your first ever novel, I think that it really, really, really caught me because of, because of the themes of, you know... Um, millennials at work mm. you know dealing with a boss dealing with a difficult <laughs> um, like i think you spoke to the average situation and a lot of us think that the book ended really prematurely because we want more <laughs> you, you know so maybe after talking about it you have to let us know if there's going to be a sequel, a sequel. you know yeah. but but writing your first novel i mean You've attempted two difficult things. Sales is not an easy topic because, unfortunately, it's a, it's a space where a lot of the gurus, I mean, not in Ghana per se, but, I mean, most of the big motivational names talk about sales. So you, you did it. I mean, you wrote on it. And also with novels. I mean, the likes of Chinua Achebe and all of that. Entering that, that space. Mm. Entering that space for the first time. And inviting someone like Mensa Atabu to come in to come to your book launch, <laughs> who is someone who is so critical, yeah. like I, someone who say, "What did you smoke? <laughs> <laughs> you, what, what I mean, what came over you?" And I mean, you've the audacity it off. of it, eh? yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole—I mean, just in a nutshell, the whole experience of writing mm -hmm. and so bringing it out. when when I started writing, and I write this in the in the intro to the book. Mm. I actually thought about writing a motivational book. And then I said, no, that's too easy. Mm. So maybe I'm naturally somebody who likes taking up challenges. Challenge. I said, that's too easy. There are too many people in that space. Mm. Um, if What am I going to write? 35 things I've learned in 35 years. There's so <laughs> many books like that. Um, what, what can I do differently? And then I went back into, like you said, one of these experiences, experiences of my childhood, experiences of my youth. I actually started very early as a writer writing poems and short stories yeah. and life and survival had just f made me forget all of that yeah. so sitting down and thinking and reflecting i remember that huh i'm actually a good poet yeah. i'm actually a good fictional writer because in my childhood when i was having all of those little difficulties that i say now are little i used to write stories 
about the girl. Oh. This little girl who was going through family, her back, her parents were separated and all of that. I used to write short stories. And when I wasn't writing, I was imagining the stories. So you used to how write yes, as yes, a child. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I actually wrote a short story when I was in Form 2, SS Form 2. Wow. I tried to, to submit it. I think I was my school was late in submission, but that was the end of it. Mm. And I, said I wrote poems a lot when I was in university, presented them on radio, stuff mm. like that. So for me, the, the audacity to mm. do it was in, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, what's the worst that can happen? And Kenny, I spent time actually studying great people. Mm. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of YouTube videos. And one of the things that I've come to realize that is a key ingredient for success is audacity. Hmm. Wow. You just have to do things. <laughs> and so that's been one of my things. I just do things. I, 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 I decide <laughs> and I do them. And I ask myself all the time, what's the worst that can happen? When I was inviting Dr. Otterbill, I invited him because I felt that who else no, is Petra, there? That's 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 for lack of better word crazy because this man a lot of people see him as a preacher. Mm. For those of us who happen to work with him, we know how how much of a perfectionist he is, or maybe how much of excellence he wants. And really, I mean, it's it's scary to have someone like this even critique your work. I, so I still don't get why he was <laughs> the one you went for because when I when I got there your book launch i saw his driver mm. and his kid i was like it's doc he's like yeah he's here I was like really <laughs> okay <laughs> you know i, sh- I still so don't get doc, i mean doc, you, why how <laughs> doc doc doc's place in this whole journey mm. i can't begin to talk about okay because it is my exposure to dr otterbill's teachings that has even given me this audacity, the, the audacity. to think that wow. i can sit in ghana and write a book mm. and people all over the world would like to read it wow that's that's the level of influence. And when I started on the writing journey, he was the one who actually said to me, express it because that's how you validate it. Wow. And I said, that's all I needed to hear. Mm. I'm going to write mm. this book. Mm. But mm. as I was writing, again, you talk about how much of a, um, how committed he is to excellence. Mm. I am consistently thinking about how I must be excellent. So in the writing, in the printing, in the everything, in the events, in everything that I'm doing, Excellence for me is such a non-negotiable thing. Wow. So for him to be there, I mean, the day I got the confirmation from his office that he was going, I danced on the, (laughs) (laughs) I danced, I danced, seriously. I was so excited because for me, it was just You were not scared instead? No, 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 no. Well, as we got closer, (laughs) as we got closer to the date, so I gave him a copy of the book before the launch so that he could read it. And I did mention to him that I would appreciate if he could make it, but there was no confirmation. So he he was going to read it and everything. But I was, as we got closer, I started getting the jitters of, okay, is everything going to go well? Is Mm. it going to be to the standard? And Mm. by God's grace, everything did go well. Because it's not even just about the book. Mm. It's about, there was COVID. Yes. So in the organization of the event, you know, how everything was going to be planned, whether there was going to be a power outage. (laughs) I mean, all these thoughts are scary. Yes, yes. Something can fall. Yes. But you know, Kenny, um, again, you have to start something to know how Mm -hmm. it will be. And when we're doing Sales 101, I don't recall if you were there, Mm -hmm. but when we're doing Sales 101, 
just before the launch, as we're thinking about the launch, myself and Samuel, I was thinking, oh, let me just do something small. I've heard mm. that Ghanaians don't like book launches. book launches. They don't come. The thing will not go well. They won't, they won't give money to it. So what's the whole point of it? Let me just do something small. Yeah. And I sat in church one Sunday, and as Doc was preaching, one of the things he said was, sometimes you have to do things just to prove that God is great. Mm. Wow. Not because you believe that you can do it, but just wow. to prove that God is great. And I said, okay, I'm going to do my best. Wow. And I'm going to put my best effort to it. Hmm. And now we've set a standard. <laughs> wow. And every single time you do something, you trust that you can do it, you put in the effort to do it, it, it works. It doesn't yeah. mean things don't go wrong. Sure. But you, you, you put as much effort um, and as, a, as people of faith, then we believe that there are things that we do mm -hmm. that God just favors us as well. Mm -hmm. So I've come to realize that your effort is important, mm. but there's also the place of God's favor, yeah, God's yeah. grace. But it's a great book by all standards. Mm -hmm. I think putting Thank everything you, aside, it's, it's a great book. Thank so, you. And I'm happy that I was able to start and finish, you know, and me too, I can say I've read some, <laughs> you know, because I, I mean... You. Lately, reading is not so easy. You no, know, it's not. Starting it's and not. finishing a book, it's but it's, it's a not. book that... I'm, I'm in the middle of like three books now. Yeah. Um, I start, I've gotten to the middle, I have not been able to finish. I'm carrying them all you around are, with me. <laughs> you are a true seeker because that's what we do. Mm. You know, that's, that's exactly what we do. Mm. So guys, um, just... But I can't finish this if okay. I don't say thank you to the C community. Right. Because I think that if I talk about my writing career, mm. if there's, a, there's something like that, <laughs> my writing journey, Seek mm. has been pivotal. Mm. Um, when I launched Sales 101, Seek was the first reading mm. or book group club yeah. to embrace it. I did yeah. my first book event with Seek. Yeah. Um, and then Jungle Dance as well. You guys have read the book. Mm. You've promoted it. I'm, yeah. I, I'm just so appreciative of you, Kenny, of your team, of your, your community. It's a wonderful group of people. Sure. And um, I think you celebrated an anniversary recently. Yeah, our fifth anniversary. Fifth and, anniversary. Um, yeah. Absolutely it's, wonderful. It's, yeah, it's also a very great privilege to mm -hmm. also have you on board. Um, you know, it's very interesting that the vision of Seek International, I remember the first conversation I had with you. Mm. You said, okay, so we want to develop um, speakers, writers, and you were like, you're doing all of that. But now funny enough over time the vision has become narrower yeah. we we now what we what we do now or what we believe we are called to do is to develop autodidacts because mm. i mean we believe that the classroom is not the only place books are not the only place you can learn so just developing people to have that attitude and the right tools to self-learn just mm. learn you know because mm. i don't think that um, most people in becoming their future selves will become what they set out to become in the first place mm. so that whole attitude of being a self-learner mm. that is what we stand for so mm. i think th that is why I, I said you're a seeker because no one tells you read four books in a month no. you just feel you have to read it yeah. and one thing that you can use to tell someone who's a self-learner is they don't ju just learn from books podcasts youtube we're actually collating some great audio books on youtube mm. we have a playlist we're working on so um youtube is another great source so petra thank you so much i think that we'll definitely find time to talk about jungle book possibly maybe do like um, a clubhouse session mm. so people can also share That'll you be know good. yeah that yeah that's that's definitely it's part of the plan actually so um and also we're looking forward to having 
um, the audio format of Sales 101 soon. Yes, yes, yes. You know, that's, that's key. something that, that <laughs> yes, so that for those who want to drive whilst listening, mm, mm. you know, I remember the statement I remember from your book is everyone is into sales, everyone mm. is a salesperson. Mm. So that, that has, you know, been at the back of my mind. So everything that we are even doing now is sales. We are yes. selling great ideas. Yes. So if you want to sponsor this podcast, um, of course, you're welcome to sponsor and um, just reach out to us, our official um, phone number. Just a quick second to mention it. So that's 0548 0548-345213. You can reach out to us. You can reach us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and on WhatsApp. So thank you so much for joining us for the second episode of Becoming and um, Petra, do you have any final words to anyone out there who is very confused about their future selves and uh, need some extra, because you've motivated us a lot, but just a little bit extra <laughs> motivation, your final um, words. My my most recent favorite phrase is be calming down. Calm down. Oh, calm down. Just chill. Okay. Calm down and think. Um, too, too much activity and too much worrying doesn't really help. Mm. So just still yourself and think about what you can do. Mm. And when you decide on things, act. Mm. Don't let them sit and don't think too much about what sh- the things you don't have. So you can you can actually have a, a very big vision and say to yourself, I don't have the resources, I don't have the tools, mm. I live in Ghana and there's no financing. Mm. And you're looking at all the, the reasons why what you want to do won't work. Mm. Forget about that. Yes, they exist. I'm, I'm, I'm a product of the same environment. <laughs> <laughs> but in this same environment, there are opportunities. That's reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so just still yourself. Decide on what you can do and act. And believe that things will work out. If I have anything to say to my, my past self or my future self, will be just believe <laughs> and work hard. Because things change. Um, life is not always a straight path, but even in the twists and the turns, we should come to the point where we believe that things will work out. The dots, like you said, mm. will connect. Always connect. So that's a great way to end this episode. The dots will always connect. And make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss the, ne- the next episode. Thank you and have a good evening. <laughs>